you all for being here, joining us. I'm going to get you to come forward and give your testimony. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't give you some fear, I don't know what it is. And in our gospel uh, this morning, we hear words uh, about just that, about fear. And those words that we hear are some of the most beautiful, most gentle words that reveal the heart of a loving Jesus. Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. So it turns out we're the little flock here this morning. And we're being invited to think about what to do with the fear. What to do with the fear that sort of lands in the chest, in the gut, that sort of grows and sometimes surges, that, that sort of occupies your mind. And, and all of a sudden, you can't sleep. And it's 318. Do you know 318? Does anybody know 318? Yes. So the interesting thing about fear is that you can't drive it away by saying fear go away. Fear always comes from a place of where we've been wounded. Maybe something that happened in our past. Something that we saw some sort of trauma that we experienced. So when we talk to other people about fear, it doesn't really good to say, don't be afraid. It's more helpful to say, why are you having this fear? And where does it come from? Because what, see, what Jesus is really saying here is, is that fear is a part of life. He's appreciating the role that fear has. But what he doesn't want us to have is a kind of catastrophizing fear that keeps us from living the lives that God calls us to. When I think about sort of the need to be healed from fear, from the traumas that we've experienced, that we sort of carry with us through life, that trigger us and sometimes keep us from living, I think about a story about a man who was... Uh, uh, riding his bicycle, and as he rode his bicycle, he looked up on a field, and there on the field there was a man who had just opened his car doors, and three uh, big golden retrievers sort of barreled out and began to sort of, you can just see it, can't you, just sort of all around the field, just circling around and just bounding with their tongues hanging out, just having the best time in the world. But there was one one golden that sort of sheepishly got out of the back. And he began to notice as he watched the little dog run into circles, just little circles. And he found it so odd. Why were these other dogs just, just bound with a kind of freedom? And this other one would just sort of run in circles. And so he, he went up. And he asked the man, you know, tell me about this dog. And he said, well, this dog is a dog that I've rescued. You see, when I found this dog, it had lived most of its life in a cage. And the only running that it could do was just in this little space. And so what I'm trying to do 
is to teach it that it's free, that it no longer has to be stuck in a cage, that there's a bigger life uh, to be lived. And when I think about all the fears that I've held in my life, I think about how it stopped me. And I think one of the most important things about my own journey is coming to faith, which has not been a straight line necessarily, but it's one where I've learned to lean more in to Christ, who finally not only just heals my fears, or keeps them at bay at least for a little while, but gives me the most important thing, which is faith. Faith not in myself, but in His power to meet me in my deepest place of concern and give me the strength to persevere. I love the story about uh, two ships that were at sea, and uh, actually one was going out, fully stocked, ready for a long journey, and another one had been out on a really long journey. And in the process of being out on this journey, they had run out of all their rations or run out of their water. And as they were passing each other, the, the, the wind kind of died down, and the sh- sort of the, the boat's kind of just went still. And you can understand the desperation of the other boat. Longing. Longing to get back and to be revived. Have you ever had that feeling where you just were longing to be revived? And they were afraid, they were, they were panicked that there wasn't going to be enough for them. Have you had that feeling too? It's just not going to be enough. So they hollered over at the boat and they said, send us over some fresh water. Please send us over fresh water. You know, we're we're running out. We're running out of all hope. And so they said, we can't throw you over fresh water. But what we want you to do is we want you to take the buckets that you have and we want you to send them down into the sea and, and send them down deep and and bring them back up as fast as you can, and then then take a sip, and you'll find some fresh water. And so that's what they did. They sent those buckets down, they sent them down, they brought them back up as fast as they could because they were so thirsty, and they took a sip, and it was salt water. And they were angry. It seemed like a trick. It seemed unfair. Have you ever felt that way about your life? Why is this happening? It's a sick trick. They said, if you don't send over the water, you know, if you don't, we're going to come over and take your boat somehow. We're going to come and take it from you. And they said, whoa, 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 take, hold, hold the phone here. All right. Listen to what we have to say to you. In this cloud of anxiety and fear and frustration that you're having, send your buckets down deeper than you have ever sent them down before. And if you pull them up, I promise you, you'll find fresh water. And so they sent them down, and they pulled them up, and they pulled them up, and they pulled them up. And they took a sip, and sure enough, it was fresh water. But you see, what they forgot in that state of fear, and that state of anxiety, and that state of catastrophizing, is that they were at the mouth of two freshwater rivers. And that all they needed to do 
let's just go deeper. And so one of the ways that I do that when I kind of feel that, that anxiety, like I'm kind of feeling it right now because my boys are about to go down the Snake River in kayaks, okay? <laughs> and they're extreme kayakers and they do stuff they shouldn't do, okay? All right, as I just say, okay, all right, Lord, you're there. I'm going to pause and I'm going to take a deep breath. And I'm going to let go of everything that's going on and I'm going to seek your presence. So I say things like, God above me, God beneath me, God before me, God behind me, God beside me. Come within me and give me your peace. Why don't you try that? Think about what you're, you're living with today. Say it with me. God above me. God beneath me, God before me, God beside me, God, God alongside me, alongside me, God where you are, come within me and give me peace. So what we're seeking there, what we're really seeking, is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And you know, when you're out here, if you really just pay attention to the world around you, you'll, you'll find a stillness. Now, that's the thing about being out here, you know, is that is there's, there's so much beauty, is that it really can shut you down. And no matter what's happening in the news, what's happening in your life, you can find that peace. Because you see, as much as we'd like to think of life as a sort of transaction with God, like if I can just pray a little harder and a little harder and a little harder, I'll finally get God's attention and God will give me the things that I really want, the things that I really need. As much as I'd like to tell you that that's exactly what happens, you know, that you just need to work a little harder, that, that doesn't just feel like the gospel to me. Work a little harder. Does that feel like the good news to you? Yeah, yeah. The good news is that if we take the time to go deeper, to find the stillness, we can find the comfort of God. And we can rest in that. And so we move from a place of persistent anxiety, of cycling. We stop the cycling and we just simply rest in that peace. And in many ways, the sort of the, the, the real ultimate goal, the, the penultimate experience of, of the Christian life is seeking and living in the peace. So I want to encourage you to, 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 to engage in that kind of practice. I can give you a bunch of books to read, but ultimately you can't think your way into peace. You can't think your way into it. We find our way to God through practice. 
and what God is able to do. And this is the big thing. This is the big thing. This is like the bonus round here. All right? What you're seeking, you cannot do in yourself. That's the bad news. But it's also the good news. Because if you will allow God to work in your life, God will do in you what you cannot do in yourself. And you will find the miracle of grace. So remember this, as you move out into the world today, as you kind of remember that God goes ahead of you. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> and remember these two critical things. In spite of what the world may be feeling, the way you may feel in this world. God is for you. And God is near you. And as you breathe in the peace of God, God will give you the strength and the power and the hope that you need. Deep peace. Amen. 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 Amen.